Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week, we're taking as our theme, truth in the age of fake news, and isn't there a lot out there? And today we ask, do all religions lead to the same end? And today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. It's good to have you back with us again. We are in autumn. We are in autumn, and I cannot believe that it's getting so dark in the morning. This this daylight daylight savoring, I call it daylight robbery, to me is such an incredible frustration. So you would prefer more daylight in the morning than in the evening? Oh, give it to me. I envy our listeners up in Queensland. Uh, Queenslanders never, ever allow them to bring in daylight robbery into your state. I used to live up there. It used to be absolutely marvellous. Uh, and you could get out of bed so early in the morning. You could have half your day's work. Uh, it was Wonderful state is our friends up in uh, up in Queensland. But so a special welcome to them. A special welcome to them. I, I love our Queensland listeners. That's uh, I've lived in Townsville. I've lived in Brisbane. I've lived out in Roma there, and uh, so many fantastic spots up in up in Queensland. South Australia is a great spot, uh, but goodness me, this daylight robbery at uh, like this time of the year really does yeah. get to me. I like the daylight in the morning and the evening. You do. Well, yeah. in that case, you must like midsummer then. Well, I just enjoy both times of the day with lots of light. Yeah, yeah, indeed. David, look, tell us, we've got a, a long weekend coming up this weekend. Um, are you doing anything special? Yeah, so this is obviously not a national long weekend. Yeah, yeah, just uh, the local one. I think there might be one in Melbourne, in Victoria, the same sort of, uh, same weekend. Uh, so, yes, um, time with family is the key uh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. So doing a bit of walking, hopefully some cycling. Uh, maybe a bit of the beach. Uh, our daughter loves the beach and um, more outdoor renos. Outdoor renos. Uh, this is uh, being encouraged by your good wife? Uh, both of us probably um, <laughs> now. But, yeah, just you've got to take every opportunity, don't you? Yeah, indeed. Indeed, you certainly do. Um, look, let's come to our World Watch segment. And uh, I love uh, this particular part of our program. Uh, and, of course, about a month ago, uh, I received a copy of the Bulletin of Atomic Scientist, and it released its annual Atomic Clock update. Uh, now, of course, the atomic clock, you might be aware of it. You know, I mean, every year they move the uh, the hands closer or further away from uh, uh, from midnight. It started back, I think, in uh, 1947. It was set then, I think, at about seven minutes to uh, midnight. And it slowly actually came out. It's getting better and better and better until about the mid-1990s when it actually came out to 17 minutes to, uh, to midnight. They they figured after in the mid 90s that with the death of the Cold War that things were really improving. The problem is that from there on it's been downhill uh, the whole way. And of course, last year it was set, it was changed from minutes to midnight to seconds to midnight at 
the beginning of last year. It was 100 seconds to midnight. And the bulletin just released uh, this year's uh, assessment. And uh, this is this is actually what they said last year. Just let me share with you some of the things that were in their bulletin uh, last year. Humanity continues to face two simultaneous existential dangers, nuclear war and climate change, that are compounded by the threat, the threat multiplier, cyber-enabled information warfare that undercuts society's ability to respond. Therefore, the Atomic Scientists uh, Security Board moved the doomsday clock, this was last year, 20 seconds closer to midnight, closer to apocalypse than had ever been before. In so doing, board members were explicitly warning leaders and citizens around the world that the international security situation was then more dangerous than it had ever been, even at the height of the Cold War. They said this in their report, the world is sleepwalking its way uh, through a newly unstable uh, nuclear landscape. I, I uh, this really jumped out at me. This was saying a great deal to me. It was almost like the old-time uh, evangelist in, in the pulpit, some of the things that they're sharing, uh, to say that the world is nearer to doomsday today, this is last year's report, than during the Cold War uh, when the United States and the Soviet Union had tens of thousands more nuclear weapons than they now possess, is to make a profound assertion that demands serious explanation. And then they said this, we move the clock forward to midnight because the means, this is their reason, the means by which political leaders had previously managed these potentially civilization-ending dangers are themselves being dismantled or undermined without realistic effort to replace them with new or better management regimes. In other words, the uh, the nuclear arsenal is still there, but the problem is is that there's not the political control there once was on uh, so many of these uh, of these nuclear nuclear weapons. Uh, you know, as I as I actually read that, I sort of thought, hey, that really is saying a lot to the world. That we're actually living in uh, today. Uh, now, of course, um, this just uh, just recently, as I uh, as I shared, in fact, it was just about a week or two ago, uh, we actually received uh, the bulletin from this year, and uh, the conclusion they made this year was this: uh, the modernisation and expansion of nuclear arsenals in multiple countries, combined with the lack of diplomatic efforts to reduce nuclear risks have increased the likelihood of catastrophe once again. Development of hypersonic glide vehicles, uh, ballistic missile defences, and weapons delivery systems that can use conventional or nuclear warheads raise the probability of miscalculation during a crisis. By our estimation, the potential for the world to stumble into nuclear war, an ever-present danger over the past 75 years, has increased in 2020. As a result, I actually actually chose to leave it at 100 seconds to midnight. 
You know, David, this is really saying something really significant to me because what we've actually got here is a highly accredited uh, group. Uh, the individuals who do this setting of the atomic clock are actually all Nobel laureates. And these are highly trained people in their particular fields. And their conclusion is hey, uh, we are actually living in an incredibly dangerous time and we are setting the atomic clock at just uh, 100 seconds to midnight. David, look, uh, tell us, what's your view on this? I mean, uh, this is something that, you know, I mean, surely it must wake us up. So it gives a pretty negative picture, clearly, doesn't it, of the times in which we live and how close we are to the end. The Bible writers talked about living in the last days and living yeah. in the time of the end. And clearly, um, science would indicate we are, and everything you've um, just revealed to us does as well, as does Scripture. It verifies, it backs it up. Isaiah 51.6, a beautiful verse from the Gospel prophet buried in the heart of the Old Testament. Mm. It says this, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke. The earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. So here is a picture of the earth uh, growing old like a garment. Yeah. It, yeah. It's disintegrating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and... The entirety of Scripture gives us this picture, doesn't it? That, that things are getting worse and not better. Uh, Matthew 24, a classic example of mm. Jesus um, portraying events and situations in the world just before Jesus comes back. Not just before Jesus comes back, but also with the destruction of the temple. He mingles uh, the two into one, if you like, yeah. uh, in, in the same chapter. And um, Matthew 24, verse 22 says this, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Mm, mm. Yeah. You know, David, I'm so conscious, you know, that even the prophet Daniel, when he concludes his prophecy, uh, the words that he uses are these, uh, and there shall be a time of trouble. And he's talking about uh, the very end times. And uh, and I believe the evidence is out there. You know, uh, there was a time when I first started my ministry where uh, people, if we spoke of, uh, you know, what the scriptures say is going to occur before the end of time, uh, we were actually pointed at as being doomsayers. That's correct. Uh, and uh, that was something that it was incredibly negative because how can these things actually take place? But the whole problem is is that what I'm finding is that people are happy to talk to me today and say, hey, we've got a problem out there. You know, there is something going on and uh, we don't like what we're seeing. Mm. Absolutely, uh, and uh, you were referring to Daniel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This, this passage here, I didn't didn't even read it. Then, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. A time of trouble such as what does that actually mean? It's it's Daniel, you know, written you know six hundred years uh, before Christ yeah. writes that. Yeah. Jesus in Matthew twenty four twenty one is mm. essentially saying the same thing. For there will be a great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. Mm. So Jesus is looking forward. Daniel, um, with uh, prophetic insight, the mm. prophet of the Lord, is mm. given insight to the very end of human history. Yeah. Jesus yeah. in Matthew 24 is doing exactly the same thing, complementary, complementary, 600 years apart. And the prediction is that the world is getting worse and worse. It's deteriorating, uh, both from a, a moral perspective and the corruption of humanity. 
uh, and that then plays out into the earth itself. The earth is being raped and pillaged, the environment, you know, the number, amount of rainforests being destroyed on a daily, bo- uh, yeah, a, a daily basis yeah. in South America, in Brazil, in the Amazon is incredible. Mm. So um, greed, lust, wickedness, um, man's desire to have supremacy over each other, uh, the lack of morality, the lack of God in the picture. You know, it's interesting. You can actually clean up uh, many things in this world. You know, there's all the legislation coming in to uh, clean up our oceans, and and I believe rightly so, but, you know, the one thing that uh, we don't seem to be able to clean up is man's morality. That's true. And that, to me, is what is actually the real heart of the issue here. Greedy people continue still being greedy. You know, as I as I read the scriptures, uh, the scriptures talks about the human heart being uh, evil above all things and desperately wicked. And ask the question, who can actually know it? It actually paints a picture of humanity that, to me, in many ways, in our current environment, we've actually totally overlooked. So humanity has rejected God by and large. Yeah. Uh, Satan, Satan's way, we have this conflict playing out. Satan's way is, is being played out on this planet. Yeah. Uh, there are faithful, faithful Christians, faithful followers of God, but essentially the works of Satan are manifest. His destructive nature is manifest and its end is apparent as well. It's going yeah. to end in destruction yeah. and, yeah. and end, end for those who don't love Jesus. It's interesting in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, uh, the author there, I believe it's probably Paul, he, he says here that long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But then he says this, but in these last days, mm-hmm. how many seconds to midnight? Mm-hmm. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir over all things, through whom he also created the world. So we have this picture. And also I guess um, Revelation 21 talks about a, a new heaven and a new earth, the old one passing away. Mm. So, And nobody's debating this anymore. That's the thing that actually gets to me because, you know, in 35, almost 40 years now in ministry, you know, there would be always somebody who would say, oh, you know, you're being incredibly negative. People don't say that today. They tell us, tell me stories that are actually able to better than some of the material that I'm, that I'm actually reading. Uh, to me, this is really, uh, this is re- a real lesson, uh, I think to, to us who are living at this particular era. Perhaps uh, our world doesn't have all the answers. So the challenge then for Christians that believe that Jesus is coming back uh, and he's going to make, you know, he's going to take those who, who love him to heaven, those who are in a relationship with him, is not to be, um, uh, oh, let's leave the world to its own devices, the environment, let's do nothing because it's going to end anyway. That's a challenge because we are to be stewards. Yeah. But yeah. by the same time, we also are not to live in fear we have certainty of how the world will end. We don't know when. Jesus will come like a thief. Yep, yep. We, but we have certainty in the assurance that he is coming back and Satan's reign, his apparent reign will end. Yeah, yeah. David, thank you for that. Look, folks, if you'd like to get a copy of the, that's the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists and it's the uh, Atomic Clock uh, report. If you want to get that, you can get, pick that up online. It's, uh, it's just do a search. It, you'll, it'll come up very, very quickly uh, to you. Uh, I found it incredibly instructive in, uh, uh, in my reading. Uh, right now, let's uh, enjoy some, some music. This is Sandra Etterman and uh, the song is Faithful men. Come and join the reapers. 
that was Sandra Etterman, Faithful Men. Oh, what a beautiful uh, voice uh, Sandra uh, does have. Thank you so much for that, Sandra. We've got a, a free offer for you today. And, uh, of course, uh, this week we're, we're offering uh, the Discovery Centre. Yesterday, those of you who are listening would have uh, heard Pastor Wayne Boehm. Now, Wayne heads up the uh, Discovery Centre based over there in Sydney. They have got a, a number of absolutely fantastic short courses. Now, the one that we're offering today is Taking Charge of Your Life. Uh, this one is just seven lessons that comes to you in the mail uh, and uh, you fill in one, send it back to them. Uh, they're happy to spend time in prayer with you. They're happy uh, to answer your questions. If you would like uh, to uh, receive the, the short course, just uh, seven uh, lessons entitled Taking Charge of Your Life. This talks about priorities. It talks about uh, life direction. It talks about so many of the questions people have got about day-to-day living are actually answered in this particular course. Now, if you would like uh, to enrol in taking charge of your life, just seven lessons, uh, please send your uh, your name, your address and your telephone number with the code word taking charge. That's taking charge and send that uh, to our text number to the Faith FM studio text number that's 04888 80811 uh, I think you'll really appreciate uh, this particular series so if you'd like to uh, have uh, have that particular course taking charge of your life it's totally free uh, your name your address your telephone number and just text those uh, those details with the code word taking charge uh, to 04888 Eight eight zero eight eleven. Also, if you've got any uh, questions about our uh, subject of the day, if you've got any comments that you'd like to make, please also feel free to text them in to that number. Also, if you've got any favourite music, if you've got a song that you'd really like to hear and maybe have us dedicate it to someone, just their first name only, uh, then we're happy to see if we've actually got that uh, in our music library here and we'll play that in the next uh, day or two so if you'd like to uh, have a uh, a favorite piece of music uh, or you'd like to make a comment or ask a question please feel free to do that once again uh, that number is uh, is 04888 80811 that's uh, uh, we love uh, to hear from our uh, hear from our listeners uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with Pastor Gary today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. And this week we're taking as our theme truth in the age of fake news. And today we're asking, do all religions lead to the same end? Now, you know, David, this particular question is a really big one to so many people. You know, if you ask so many people in our community, most people would say that all religion is basically the same uh, we're all going to end up in the same place uh, um, religion all teach the same worthy ideals and it really brings us to the question that we're looking at today um, do all religions lead to the same end really good question and and one that 
yeah, you hear out there in society today, don't you? Let, let's begin with this. Uh, a Barna poll undertaken a couple of years ago in the United States of American adults uh, discovered this. When Christians, Jews, Buddhists and others pray to their God, all of those individuals are actually praying to the same God but simply using different names for that deity. And this was the opinion of four out of every ten American adults. Okay, so that's getting close to a, to a majority number. So essentially, you might be Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, uh, and you might pray to your God. Essentially, you're praying to the same deity under different names. That's, that's, uh, that, that is a remarkable survey, David. It is. Um, so are they right or wrong, those Americans? That's, that's an important question which we'll unpack. Mm-hmm. Mahatma Gandhi from India, uh, he said, The soul of religion is one, but it's encased in a multitude of forms. Mm-hmm. Is that true or false? Uh, you're starting to do my head in a little bit here, David. The soul of religion is one, but it is encased in a multitude of forms. In other words, there are many different packages out there but they're basically the same package. Exactly. And I don't know about you. Um, I've had uh, a friend who was of the Baha'i faith yeah, and a lovely person. And I remember in Sydney a number of years ago when I was in um, seminary, theological seminary and uh, in Sydney, in Hornsby, a shopping centre there in Hornsby in Sydney. And uh, there were some Baha'i people out in like a, a plaza area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sort of engage with them and discuss with them as this younger <laughs> theological student. As, as young theological students attend or I want to do. Yeah, it is like a cub going out into the world and coming back to the lioness after being wounded indeed, sometimes, indeed. isn't it? It is. But it's interesting. The Baha'i faith absorbs almost everything yeah. in, in, its, in what it believes. And this is... Um, and, of course, David, you've got... Uh, today you've got the new age as well, which has been... Which is... I know it's a few years old now, but it's actually getting... Getting a little bit of a resurgence that is starting to flow through our our society, and of course, a new age picks up beliefs from uh, all different uh, uh, areas of uh, uh, of religious belief, and come to some amalgamation. Of belief, absolutely, and the Eastern religions are, are really gaining a foothold in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Hinduism, Buddhism. So, yeah, the Baha'i faith. Uh, this is um, uh, from their website. In reality, there is only one religion: the religion of God. This one religion is continually evolving, and each particular religious system represents a stage in the evolution of the whole. So basically saying what you said before, mm. Um, mm. ultimately it's all the one package. Mm. It, maybe it's it's wrapped differently, but it's all the same ultimately inside. And that is what so many people do actually believe. But this is the uh, the reality is, is that you know, how do we actually respond to that? You know, do all religions, I mean, is it correct? Do all religions actually lead to the same end? Yeah, and we're living in a world now that is characterised by democracy Justice and equality, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying those things are wrong and of them wrong in and of themselves, but when you say that one faith is the way, yeah, then you're really starting to um, rub up against people's thoughts and feelings. And this is one of the issues we're actually going to get to tomorrow, uh, and I know that uh, Fabiano and, and Helen are going to uh, start to really move in on that, that particular subject, but, you know, today we're looking at this, you know, leading to the same end. Do they all lead to the same end? No, they don't. Are so, they all saying the same thing? No, they're not. I mean, 
you know, that some people might suggest that Buddhism and Christianity have similarities, like with the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. But they are clearly not saying the same thing. Um, let me share this with you, Gary. Um, the single most common objection to the faith today, or for today, worships not God, but equality. So people are worshipping equality today, not God. Okay. Uh, it fears being right where others are wrong, more than it fears being wrong. Okay. It worships democracy and resents the fact that God is an absolute monarch. In other words, there is something something that is certainly within Christian teaching because what you're actually sharing there is very much biblical um, understanding of God. And that is what so many people are actually reacting to and reacting negatively to. A hundred percent, exactly. So anyone that understands the distinctives of various faiths, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, um, Islam, Judaism, anyone that understands the distinctives knows that um, they are distinctive. Uh, They have exclusive beliefs. So how can different faiths with exclusive beliefs and of course, some of those beliefs are actually, they actually oppose each other. If A is right, then B cannot be right. You know, I mean, give us some examples here, David. Yeah. So if truth does not exclude, then no assertion of a truth claim is being made. It's just an opinion that is being stated. So truth has to be exclusive. And that's actually a really important point that you're actually making there, David, because what, uh, what, what I understand you're saying is that if, for example, I say I have a book sitting on my desk here, then I either have a book sitting on my desk here or I don't have a book sitting on my desk here. But if I say I have a book here, that automatically excludes the option that I have no book on my desk. So it's a law of exclusion that we're talking about here. And you know, so many of the world religions are so similar in that way. The claims, for example, I'm conscious, David, that there are, there are some who, like Christianity will say, Islam and Judaism say, there is one God. Whereas many other religions suggests that there are actually many gods. Absolutely. And ultimately, um, many of the religions of the East, such as Hinduism and Buddhism, um, basically suggest that there is the basic human problem is one of finitude or finiteness. And, you know, and as so as finite individuals, uh, we're essentially distinct from ultimate reality. Salvation um, consists of transcending who we are mm-hmm. um, and the conditions in which we're in um, to achieve an undifferentiated unity. So it's, it's you know, within and of ourselves, above ourselves. For the um, monotheistic faiths, uh, that believe in one God. Such I think, as- I, I think, David, just to uh, simplify that, what we're actually trying to say here is what is your view of God? What does God actually look like? And within world religions, there's different people, uh, different world religions have got different answers to that particular question. I mean, for example, David, if I was to ask you, what is your view of God? How would you answer that? Yeah, I, w- I would say we worship one God. God is the creator. He's sovereign. He's above everything. He's a personal God. 
Okay, so when you say a personal God, what do you mean by that? Uh, he exists. Um, let me let me look at it this way. Christianity believes in one God that is personal, who has revealed himself to humanity. Okay. If you look at Buddhism, uh, it believes that God is impersonal, mm-hmm. and also Hinduism and uh, Buddhism that God is in everything. He's in the trees. He's in nature. And of course, Christians would have called that pantheism. That's a that's a, a, a theological term there. But do you know, David? I think that this issue of a personal God is actually so key to everything that Christianity actually believes. Now, one of the the really beautiful things I find about uh, my own uh, Christian experience is the ability to be able to uh, get up in the morning and I, I like to spend some time in, in devotions. But, you know, I... I pray to God, but uh, one of the things that I'm so conscious of is that I believe that we actually have a God who hears, listens, and is very, very real and interested in me as an individual. And you know, David, to me, that is such a, a beautiful understanding. It's certainly something that comes to me uh, from the scriptures. And that's a little bit hard to do when God is in everything. He's in the trees, he's in the rocks, he's in the ground. So we serve a personal God. Uh, Buddh- Buddhism, um, yeah, God is in everything. Hinduism, well, there's a multitude of gods. In other words, you, and the point is, is that you can't have both being true. Either there is a, a, a very close, intimate God, or there is not. You know, what is God? This, and, and can I suggest, David, that this understanding, for example, of your view of God, what is God like, is actually key to so much of, uh, of, of religion. How we view God is really, I suggest, the core theological, the core understanding that will direct everything else, every other belief that we actually hold. So Hinduism sees there are gods for this and gods for that and gods for all sorts of things, yeah. and you will go yeah. worship uh, one of these gods, thousands of them. But the personal God that we serve in Hebrews chapter 2 uh, verse 14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, this is Jesus, shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had power of the death, that is the devil. Um, and then it goes on to say um, that he had to be made like his brethren, made like humanity, Jesus, um, and that he's became a faithful high priest. He's now in heaven. Uh, he, Verse 18, for he himself has suffered being tempted and he is able to aid those who are tempted. It's really saying that... Um, Jesus is God. We worship one God. We serve one God, Christianity. Uh, Jesus, God the Son, comes to this planet. Everything was created through him, we are yeah, told. Yeah. He comes to this planet. Um, he's born as a human babe. Holy yeah. Spirit overshadows Mary. And um, he lived. He took our sin upon himself. He suffered. He died. And he rose from the dead. And as he lived as a human, the God-man, he was tempted in all ways like we were, but mm. did not sin. In other words, Hebrews is then saying, because he lived like us, because he was tempted, uh, he is able to understand our temptations. Okay. So someone that believes in a multitude of gods or that God is in everything where does that understanding for humanity come from? Yeah, yeah. Where does that relationship come from? 
And it's this closeness, David, that I, I think is one of the major uh, differentiations between Christianity and so much of the uh, so much of the particularly non-Christian religions. Because within our world, you know, we can we see non-Christian religions, and m- the majority of them are actually um, uh, polytheistic, or they they believe in in many gods. Uh, the three monotheistic or one god believing religions are, of course, Christianity. Uh, Islam and uh, and Judaism, the Abrahamic religions. Uh, you know, to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, uh, certainly within Christianity, you've got this view of a God who can come very close, who can draw very close to the individual. Absolutely. So with those three monotheistic faiths, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, there are some similarities. There is belief in creation, uh, um, God or Allah, if you like, but there are some key differences. Mm-hmm. Christianity sees Jesus as as God. Yeah. Judaism saw Jesus and sees Jesus as a human only. Mm-hmm. And Islam doesn't see Jesus as God. But as a prophet. As a prophet. So you've really got a, a, a different view of Jesus Christ. And, you know, David, the thing I'm so conscious of here is that your view of Jesus Christ is really central to Christianity. It's the key. Uh, for me, it's the key. Yeah. Because in these other religions, uh, unlike other religions, Christianity is the only one where you don't have to achieve and get somewhere. You don't have to achieve or climb different obstacles to reach perfection, if you like, or paradise. Christianity, it's by accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross. Um, and that, that's expressed um, in Scripture. Um, clearly, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Mm. So Buddhism... That's a beautiful passage, David. I, uh, there is so much about what Paul particularly writes that to me I look at it and I say, hey, this is just so affirming because this is God drawing close to me. This is, a, this is Christianity. God comes down. He reaches down to humanity. Mm. In these other religions, it's all ultimately about works. Yeah. It's yeah. based on what you can perform ultimately at the very core. Uh, it's some of them you're there to appease the gods. Yeah, yeah. They're angry. Yeah. Yet Christianity has a God, this personal God that reaches down, comes after us, and he wants to lift us up. You know, David, I'm so conscious that I've, I know in my ministry, I've baptized a number of people who have had some really remarkable stories, and it's all concerns there, this God who came close to them. I will remember one particular occasion. I had a, a guy who had actually been involved in the whole uh, drug uh, drug scene, and uh, he he was really struggling to get off the. Um, uh, well, he was actually on heroin in those uh, in those days. People were on a lot stronger these days, uh, but uh, he actually prayed to God, and he actually said to me, he said, Gary, he said, I've lost my desire. For that thing. And, uh, do you know, on the day of his baptism, he said, you know, what he said to me was he, he said, I felt higher, and he wasn't on drugs, but he said, I felt higher than I did at any time when I was injecting myself. And to me, that was a powerful testimony because it's the God who is powerful and the God who can act and the God who can actually change lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So there is even differences, as we've said, in the monotheistic faiths yeah. that believe in yeah. one God. Um, Jesus is not seen as God. Uh, there are also differences when it comes to um, man's condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christian, Just explain that. What do, what do you mean by man's condition? Well, the Bible tells us, well, the Bible is the basis of Christianity. The Bible tells us that um, our wrongs, sin, mm-hmm. uh, has brought us into a condition that we cannot get ourselves out of. Okay. In other words, we have a desire to actually do the wrong thing. Exactly. And we enjoy doing it, even though it pulls us down. So uh, these wrongs are called sins, and they're actually against a holy, infinite, personal God. Mm -hmm. And the result of that is death, eternal death. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas these other religions, and many of them, Hinduism talks about this reincarnation from one life form to another or one life cycle to another. A continual cycle. In many ways, I look at that and I say, hey, that is that must be an incredibly frustrating belief because uh, no matter uh, what I'm actually doing now, I might come back in a different form, but I'm always going to going to come back to actually uh, re uh, replay uh, what actually went before. It's a... Uh, it's a challenging belief. And if you live a good life in this existence, the next time you come back, you'll probably come back as a higher existence. So what's it based on? Once again, it's a workspace thing, it's isn't it? It's a workspace yeah. thing. It's based yeah. on what I can do. So the focus comes on self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christianity's focus is on the God-man, Jesus Christ. How, how beautiful, absolutely beautiful, is what uh, Scripture teaches us concerning Jesus Christ, concerning what he has already done and what he's actually doing for us now and what he wants to do for us in the future. To me, as I look at this, this story, I just simply say, hey, we have a God who has drawn incredibly close to us. Mm. A God that chases after us, a God yeah. that comes down. So sin or wrong is a huge difference uh, between Christianity and some of these other faiths and even the New Age. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, this whole thing of sin is not called sin. There's an ignorance or susceptibility to illusion or it's unprofitable behavior. Yet the Christian view of, of human condition is we're rotten to the core. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is what Christ came to address that particular issue, uh, that, that we in ourselves were unable to do anything at all. And, you know, I'm so conscious that there are people uh, today, you know, who might be listening to us, who, who might be struggling in some particular area. It might be some relationships type, uh, type issue. Uh, it might be, uh, some, uh, some, some issue in their, in their family. But I'm so conscious, you know, that we actually have a God who hears and can act. Absolutely. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short mm-hmm. of the glory of God. The Bible says that the, the reward for sin or the consequence of sin, Romans chapter 6, is death. Is death, yeah. Whereas the New Age doesn't teach that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about um, focusing on within and, and attaining some other reality. And, and there are so many people who are really struggling in this whole, in this whole area because do you know what, what I'm conscious of is the more that I struggle, the harder I struggle, uh, the more discouraged it's possible for me to become. Then you end up with no hope. Mm. So yeah. the Christianity is not based on what I can do or what I've done because the Bible tells us what we've done. 
we deserve death. In other words, the scriptures paint a picture of God that is true for uh, for no other religion in this world. And to me, that's the beautiful thing. David, look, let's just take a little bit of a break. Let's come to uh, uh, Bethany Dillon. Uh, I love this, but it, it reflects what we've been talking about, how deep the Father's love for us. God there, how deep 
the Father's love for us. That was uh, that was Bethany Dillon. Uh, our free gift uh, for you today is a is a short a course. This is uh, uh, taking charge of your life. Uh, if you're uh, if you'd like to study into what the Bible's got to say about life direction, about success, uh, about power for the Christian life, taking charge of your life is the course that you uh, would want to uh, log into. Uh, this particular course is a is an incredibly powerful course. Now we uh, uh, we'll send this uh, send this to you. It's just uh, seven lessons. We'll send it to you in the uh, in the mail. Uh, just uh, send to us uh, the code word uh, taking charge. Uh, and add your name, your address, and your uh, phone number, and just text that uh, to our studio here. It's o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That's o four triple eight. 80811. Uh, also, if you've got any questions, any comments, uh, if you've got any thoughts that you'd like to share, if you've got any music you'd like us to play, uh, please feel free to uh, come back to us and to make those requests. That number again is 04888 uh, You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. And this week we're taking as our theme Truth in the Age of Fake News And today we're asking Do all religions lead to the same end? Now David we've got about uh, 10 minutes So pull it together for us if you if you can Christianity is unique We've talked about that um, And it centres really around the personal God And we see that evidenced in its most direct form by Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, the God-man. Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. That's a personal God. It tells us that we cannot get out of the bondage, the, the, the predicament in which we're in. Instead that Jesus comes while we're enemies, while we're still in that lost far off state, Jesus comes and he dies again. Uh, a Christian author by the name of Michael Green, a, a professor, he says this about Jesus Christ and the difference between Christianity and other religions. Jesus is unique among religious leaders in claiming to bring God to our world in his own person and making good that claim by such powerful evidences. Mm-hmm. So he claimed to be God and the, yeah. his miracles, his teachings, everything gave evidence to that. He goes on to say that no other spiritual leader or teacher but Jesus Christ ever claimed to bring God to man, never dealt radically with our wickedness, and never broke the final final barrier of death, which Jesus did, mm-hmm. uh, never offers to live inside his followers. And yet Jesus made all of these claims. So uh, it all ultimately centers around Jesus. C.S. Lewis, uh, the great Christian apologist, he said this about Jesus and his divinity. There is no halfway house. There is no parallel in other religions. If you had gone to Buddha and asked him, are you the son of Brahma? He would have said, my son, you are still in the veil of illusion. If you'd gone to Socrates and asked, are you Zeus? He would have laughed at you. If you had gone to Muhammad and asked, are you Allah? He would first have rent his clothes and then cut off your head. This is C.S. Lewis. So there is a difference um, in Jesus Christ and his mm. claims, everything he claimed to be. Uh, Christianity is based on one book, 
Mm-hmm. It's based on the Bible, not a series of books or a series of other writings. It is based on Jesus. Yeah, David, I'm is. so conscious that we're living in a world today where I would have said that used to be true, but I'm conscious particularly if I listen to a lot of maybe television evangelists out there, you know, that's not quite as true as it used to be. That's exactly, that, that's the case. That's the case. That's people's thinking. Yeah. So... Christianity uh, claims that um, Jesus, uh, he's an eternal, personal creator, and everything came into being through him. Uh, Colossians 1, 16 and 17, For by him, that's Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. That is powerful. That is powerful because if in fact we've got, if the scriptures are saying that Jesus Christ is the creator and if as many say today the world simply evolved, you're actually denying Jesus Christ. And unlike, unlike, um, um, unlike Islam, unlike Judaism, Jesus, all things are created through him. Yeah, yeah. These, these are absolutely remarkable claims that are actually being made in the New Testament. And yet, one of the things I'm so conscious of, David, is that if in fact we allow them to be tested, and this is one of the things that's not happening today, the evidence for the, for the claims of the, the scriptures are not actually being provided to people. And as a result, they are pushed aside as of no value. Whereas one of the things I'm so, so impressed with within Christianity is that so many of the uh, the claims that are made in Scripture are actually able to be tested and verified. Absolutely. And so the Bible is the holy word of God, the written word, and Jesus is the living world word. Um, Christianity alone is centered in the historical events associated with a person, Jesus Christ, the birth, death, and resurrection. And um, Paul in um, 1 Corinthians 15, I'll, I'll look that one up, Gary. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about this resurrection, which is absolutely critical. Um, the whole chapter is dealing with the resurrection. It says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, uh, and, and if he hasn't been raised from the dead, Paul is saying we are most pitiable above all people. Yeah. yeah. So the Christian faith revolves around Jesus Christ, his life, his death, but ultimately his resurrection. Islam mm. sees Jesus as a, as a prophet, but not as, not as God, not, no resurrection. Yeah. The yeah. Jews would see him as being simply another man. Absolutely. And yet they don't deny his existence. That's true. And Jesus' claim about himself, he said in John chapter 11, um, with the death of Lazarus, just before he's been resurrected by Jesus, he said this to, to Martha and Mary. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Mm. So Jesus claimed that's a big claim. Yeah. I'm the resurrection yeah. and the life. Yeah. Uh, in John 14, 6, and these things will be explored deeper tomorrow. In John 14, 6, we find that Jesus has conquered the greatest enemy, death. Death. And yeah. it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me 
unless uh, through the Father. Mm-hmm. No, that's really powerful, David. Look, look, we are starting to run run close on time, but look, just one final question, if I can. You know, with so many, I suppose, religious, and I'm not just talking about Christian groups out there, with so many religious groups claiming a truth, how does an individual find their way through, well, what I might suggest is a mess uh, in the big wide world of belief? How do you move ahead? Well, even with Christ- in, within Christianity, and we haven't talked about this, but there is possibly 30, 33, 35,000 different um, varieties or flavors of Christianity, if you like. So well, how, do you, uh, how do we actually see our way ahead? Uh, it has to be through the surrendering of ourself to God and then the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. And the reason why that's important is this. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Mm. So the message of Christianity, this God that is personal, that comes and dies, that's foolishness. Mm. A spiritually, spiritual things are spiritually discerned, uh, Paul goes on to talk about. Wow. And so the way that we, the only way, that we can um, experience this personal God is by an understanding and an infinite, by him living in our lives. And that's through the do you Holy God, Spirit. Do you think Jesus, uh, through the Spirit, actually reveals himself to people in some way? I mean, have you ever had any experience with that sort of thing happening? I have, absolutely. Um, one, it needs to be an invitation. We need to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Yeah. Uh, John 16 tells us that he is the teacher. He will convict us of sin and of truth and of righteousness. Yeah. And I know myself, um, you know, often it's, it has been at times of, of, of when I'm in the depths. Yeah. And I look back and I think of times when I've been in a dark place and I've been convicted and my conscience and the Holy Spirit working on my heart. And when I've surrendered and invited the Holy Spirit to come in and I've asked for forgiveness, I've just felt this incredible peace. It's amazing the way he takes over, isn't it? David, let me pray for the, for our listeners. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for being the almighty God. Lord, thank you for being the one who's prepared to come close to us. Lord, thank you for being the God who's prepared to reveal yourself to us. Lord, thank you for being the God who's given us your word. Lord, thank you for being the God who wants to be one with us. Lord, I just want to pray for all of our listeners. Lord, if there's anybody there who's struggling right now with an issue that's too big for them, Lord, I just pray that they might raise their hand as an indicator that they want you to come close to them, that they want you to act at this time in their life. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might hear their prayer, you might answer, that you might be resp- that you might respond, for you are the uh, God who wants to draw close. Lord, we want to say thank you for being that type of a God. We ask and we pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much uh, for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time, big Q&A. 
Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Helen Gray spend the entire time looking at another vital question. Is it arrogant to say Jesus is the only way? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Eddie Espona. Uh, change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true.